Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher. Welcome to While You Were Folding. I created this podcast to continue the conversations about the things that matter in domestic life. I'm a Catholic homeschooling mother of six. My husband, Philip, is a pediatrician, and we've been married for 14 years. I've learned a lot, usually hello, in hello. messy Welcome or painful ways, while you were and I have so I much more to learn. Excited to I'm excited to share this episode with you, and I hope you'll episode. add your voice to the it next one. Inspired by I pray before I record every episode that God will she use this podcast to inspire each of life, us to so holiness in our vocations as wives, mothers, about that and his tonight. beloved daughters, is and that you will go on to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's jump in. And Walter is having his stop motion Lego class in the other room. Sounds like he's trying to find a device because I hear an alarm going off, but you're going to hear a lot of background and it's going to be messy and it's fine. And I'm not going to edit any of it out. Um, but let's get to Michelle's question here. I have it on Voxer and somehow since the last time I shared listener feedback on the show, uh, Voxer has kind of changed things a little bit and I can't just plug in the audio file and download it. So we're going to be a little bit low tech and I'm going to play it directly from my phone. And then, um, she had some other things that I'm going to cut from the question. And then she also had some questions about physical therapy that I'm going to save for that future episode with my physical therapist about pelvic floor physical therapy. All right. So here is Michelle talking about having a young kiddo and trying to get into reading. Let's see if I can get it right to the spot where I want it. Hello, Catherine. This is Michelle Kaysberg. Um, I follow your podcast. I'm so excited that you are podcasting again. Um, I listened to the first one earlier today and then the latest one that you did with your husband. And um, so I have a lot of catching up to do, obviously, um, for the in-betweens. But I did have a question for you guys. Um because you said about your reading, and I was going to, um, I've just been, I've been curious about this, because I have started reading again, I have a little about me, I have a 16-month-old, almost 17-month-old, he's my first one, I'm 30, I guess I'm 32, Um, and so just kind of getting in the swing of things, of stuff slowing down with him a little bit, so I can have some time now um, to enjoy reading again, Um, and my question for you and um, Philip is, what do you read on? Do you read on um, like a Kindle? I know I follow your husband as well um, on his pediatrician on Instagram and all that stuff. Um, so I know that he uses the Kindle, I believe. Um, so just to know like if that works for you guys, if you like that. Um, and then also just with kids, cause I want to be able to show my son that I'm reading and reading is fun. Um, right now, of course he loves books. Um, but I want him to continue to have a love with books. Um, and I want him to see my love for books. Um, and enjoying reading, but I don't want him to see me looking at a screen. So right now I read on my phone because that's all that I have. Um, And I just didn't know if you guys use the e-readers or if you've used, you know, regular paper books and kind of what you do with all of your books. If you do do paper books, like do you 
swap them with people? Do you save them and put them all in a bookshelf? I have a small bookshelf now, but it basically just has my Harry Potter collection and most of my um, self-help books or some sort of um, religious book. I'm um, Catholic as well. So I have a lot of different things in that from different Bible studies I've been in. Um, so I just kind of wanted to pick y'all's brain about that. Um, basically just what you read on, how you read. Um, I know I'm probably not going to read as much in front of him, but when I read in front of him, I want him to know I'm reading and I'm not just staring at my phone. That's <laughs> kind of basically what it is. So um, that was a long way to just ask that one question. But um, thank you for doing your podcast. I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I can't wait to listen in on what you have to say in your other episodes. And um, it's just really helping me kind of relate because I'm trying to do the best I can to raise him, you know, to be Catholic and to have a relationship with the Lord. It's just, um, I don't really have many Catholic friends. So most of my friends and my family, um, they were practicing Catholics, but they no longer are. So I'm kind of just on my own in that um, perspective with my husband as well. Um, he's not Catholic, but he does come to mass and, um, all of that with us. But so just trying to kind of trying to navigate that in my life as well. So I look forward to hearing what you have to say about that and just kind of figuring out ways that I can do better and be the best version of myself so that I can be the best mom for Nate. Um, thanks. Bye. Okay, so first of all, Michelle, um, I sent her a Voxer and I already gave her a little quick reply, but I wanted to address this on the air because I think mom reading life is really important. And I think that it's something that I neglected for a while in my early mom life. And now that I'm 12 years into mothering, I feel like I'm finding my groove. Um, I talked about this a little bit back in episode nine, and I called that one all about my reading life, but that one aired in February, 2018. Since, and at that point I had four kiddos and now we've added two more to the bunch and we've gone through a global pandemic and we've started homeschooling. So I'd say enough has changed since then that I thought I'd circle back and revisit the topic. Now, Michelle, um, Philip is thrilled to hear that you are his super fan. So I thought I would ask him for what he wanted to say about his reading life. And he says he does about 74%, 74% of his books are audiobooks. And absolutely positively, we count those as reading. And then he does a breakdown in his books of about 50% fiction, 50% nonfiction. So since most of his books are on, on audio, he's listening on his phone with AirPods or in his car. And then he does a lot of nonfiction as well, um, as well as fiction. But most of those books that he's reading, he almost exclusively reads on his Kindle. We both read with a Kindle Paperwhite if we are going to use an e-reader. And that's because we like how it's not backlit the way that some other e-readers are. That means it looks more like a real book. Um, and I think there are a lot of pros to e-readers. I like that the Kindle White, and no, this is not a sponsored anything. This is just me sharing what I think about it. Um, I like that 
I don't have the internet on it. So I'm, if I'm going to pull that thing out, I am only going to read a book on there. And I really enjoyed that a lot. Philip finds most of his books through listening to different podcasts to get recommendations. And he also finds them on Kindle Unlimited. And I honestly haven't looked on there very often. It's a bunch of free books that come with your um, subscription if you do Amazon Prime. So that might be worth looking into if you have an Amazon Prime subscription. Um, As far as fiction goes for Philip, he reads a lot of sci-fi and historical fiction. And then for his nonfiction, he reads a lot of business and personal development books, things like parenting, focus, time management, and that kind of thing. And then as far as my reading goes, I'll spend most of the podcast talking about my reading life. So to give you a little bit of background, I have always been, well, I shouldn't say always, I had been for most of my life, a really big reader. It all started with my obsession with the Babysitter's Club. I first met the Babysitter's Club through the Scholastic Book Fair as a first grader, and I went to college to get endorsements to teach high school Spanish and English. And I did everything up until student teaching in the English endorsement. And then I decided to drop it because it was getting to be too much with grading all the papers and all the methodology classes and everything else. So I only have an endorsement in Spanish, high school Spanish. Um, But I love literature, love reading. That has always been a huge passion of mine. But I had so much homework and other things that I was involved in in high school that I stopped reading for fun for the most part in high school and then didn't read very much for fun in college because of all of those English classes. I was reading so much for those. And then I started teaching right away, and then we started our family right away. And then it was boom, 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 having a bunch of babies, and I was kind of drowning in early mom life. Um, So I didn't really carve out time for reading in those early years. And it wasn't until after our fourth baby was born that I got back into the world of reading. And I would attribute most of that through audiobooks and a podcast that I've mentioned on here before called What Should I Read Next with Ann Bogle. And I'll link to that in the show notes. I'm going to make a note of that right now. So if you haven't heard that podcast before, I honestly haven't been listening as much recently. She did a fun recent episode with Sarah McKenzie from the Read Aloud Revival. And I should also link to that in the show notes. Sarah McKenzie, Read Aloud Revival. So um, what should I read next? It's fun. Anne Bogle, she does what she calls literary matchmaking, where she has a listener come on and they talk about three books they like, one book that wasn't for them and what they've been reading lately. And then she gives them book recommendations based on their conversation. Sarah McKenzie over at the Read Aloud Revival, that's another podcast that I also got into. She's a homeschooling Catholic mother of six, 
And she talks about helping your kids to fall in love with reading and helping moms fall in love with homeschooling. So if you are looking for book recommendations for yourself, as well as books that you can enjoy alongside your children, those are two solid places where I have found a lot of great book recommendations. I will say on what should I read next? Some of the titles have been hit or miss for me, but I think that the thing that I've learned the most from that show is that it has really helped to give me a vocabulary for who I am as a reader, what kind of books I'm into and what, um, what genres I like, how I would describe the books that would work for me so that when she and a guest are talking about a title, I'm able to hear it and be interested in the episode, but I'm able to know, oh yeah, that sounds like something I should add to my list or no, that sounds like something that's probably not for me, but maybe it would work for another friend of mine or even for Philip. And I keep track of my reading on an app that's called Goodreads. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Um, I love Goodreads because you can track the books that you're reading right now. And when you finish them, you can give them a star rating from one to five. For some people, that's helpful. Other people, it's not. Um, But you can see through the Goodreads system what other people have ranked books at. And that might help you to decide whether a book is for you or not. I really enjoy looking at the most critical reviews that people have given books. I like to look at the one and two star reviews. And if the reviews sound similar to what I would say, then it helps guide me. Um, And I typically, I'm kind of a snob on there with the ratings. I usually don't choose to read a book unless it has more than approximately like 3.75 on there. Um, Because chances are, if it has a lower review than that, then it's probably not going to be as good of a read. And I have definitely gotten more picky in terms of the books that I read for myself because I just don't have that much free time anymore. So it's important to me that I find books that I'm really going to be excited about. And if I don't like a book, I used to be a really devoted book finisher, but now I am not at all afraid to break up with a book. Um, There's just so little time and so many great books that I want to get to. So I think that that's a big part of it. There are some really fantastic resources. Hopefully your public library is hooked up to these different things. Um, The first one that I would mention is called Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A. The second is called Libby, L-I-B-B-Y. And our library, I think it still has a subscription through Overdrive. And now it's called Libby is how I understand it. But both Hoopla and Libby are apps that you can download onto your devices. And it's a way that you can borrow. It used to just be audiobooks and ebooks, but um, I haven't explored all of the different new things that Hoopla has added, but it looks like they have music, they have a bunch of different things on there. So definitely check those out if you're interested in exploring some more audiobooks and ebooks. And I, Philip and I have shared with our family a subscription to Audible. Audible is hands down the best place in terms of selection for finding an audiobook. 
with your subscription, you get one audiobook a month, and then you can buy more credits to download other audiobooks. Typically, if I'm going to buy an audiobook, um, it's going to be either a classic that I want to have on hand for our homeschooling reading, or it's something that I want for myself that I'm not able to buy through the pub, not able to borrow through the public libraries. So typically that's going to be things like, um, faith enrichment, life of a saint or a biography, that kind of thing. Something that's more difficult to track down. I'll use one of my audible credits for something like that. And I think I, um, Things kind of have been going in waves lately for my reading life. I think audiobooks have really picked up in popularity. And so on my Hoopla and Libby accounts, it's either feast or or famine. And so sometimes I'll have a whole bunch of things come in all at once. And other times I'll be waiting for a long time. So if I'm in a season of famine, that's when I catch up on my podcasts and I get some more book titles and I create my lists on my Goodreads account to keep track of the books that I want to read. And Goodreads is great because you can create different shelves. Some people get really specific and talk shelves in terms of genre, like they have a they have an historical fiction shelf and they might have a sci-fi shelf or whatever they're into. I usually just have one shelf for all the books that I want to read, but I also have a shelf for my children's books and then my middle grade books and YA books. So that's been helpful to keep track of titles that way um, because I don't want all the kids' titles to take over my account. But I will say listening to Read Aloud Revival has really (laughs) inundated my account with a lot of titles. Um, And then in terms of how do I find the time to read, it has been really helpful for me just to embrace the little pockets of time. So if I am taking our little dog outside because we live in the country and I don't want him to get eaten by a coyote, <laughs> I take him outside every time when one of the kids isn't taking him out. And I'll just bring along my phone to play a few minutes of my audiobook that I'm listening to. The biggest thing that has increased my audiobook time. I have deleted social media on my phone. I think I've been off of social media on my phone for two months now, maybe a little more than two months. And if you follow me on social media, you've noticed I had posted a couple of reels on Instagram um, when I relaunched the podcast and I've been tracking my numbers. And honestly, the community keeps growing seemingly through word of mouth And we've built up a really strong community here. So I'm not really going to keep posting on there. And I am only keeping those accounts so that I can continue to check on different groups that I enjoy participating in. But holy cow, I have so much more reading time now that I'm not interested in checking social media anymore. Um, And it has freed up so much mind space as well. The other big thing that's been really helpful, Philip and I are dedicated to getting more rest. With my autoimmune disease, I have Sjogren's syndrome. 
I have a lot of fatigue and if I don't get enough rest, that definitely affects me. And Philip likes to get up early too. So we've been dedicated to having a set bedtime. We set an alarm to go off at 9.15 so that we both are getting ready for bed and have time to read in bed before we, we pass out for the night. And then for me, I read books with the kids throughout the homeschool day. And I definitely count those as books that I'm reading as well. And now that we're getting into the winter months, that definitely increases the amount of reading that we're doing. We, in the winter time, since it gets dark so much earlier, it feels like you have so much more of an evening. And we try to keep our schedule pretty bare bones so that we have as much time together as a family. So after we're done closing up the kitchen for the night, we like to head into the classroom and everyone gets something out that they're going to work on with their hands. And then we put on an audiobook. And right now I'm going to butcher the title. I better look it up. I think it's Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. That's been such a fun audiobook. We've really enjoyed that one. Um, so yeah, we just listen to audiobooks and the kids get out some paints or Play-Doh or knitting or sketching and everyone just hangs out in the classroom while we listen to an audiobook. That's our favorite wintertime tradition. And then I have found that I do best if I have a variety of things to choose from for reading. So I typically usually have a one fiction book that's for me. And then I have however many other fiction books that I'm reading with the other kids for homeschool. And then I have a nonfiction book and I have an audiobook. And my fiction book, I almost always am borrowing that from the library and read that on my Kindle. And I get that through Hoopla or Libby. And then sometimes I'll borrow paper copies from the library. But I almost never read fiction at bedtime because I'm so tired by that time and I fall asleep pretty quickly now. And so it's easy for me to get lost in the story. And sometimes the problem for me with fiction is I'll get so into the story that sometimes it'll keep me up. But um, so yeah, fiction is kind of a problem for me at bedtime. Either I pass out and I have no idea what I read last time, or I get so into it that I stay up too late. And then that becomes a problem the next day when I'm grumpy and impatient with my family. (laughs) Um, And so instead, I usually read nonfiction at bedtime. And sometimes I'll read nonfiction on an ebook. But more often than not, if it's nonfiction, it's either going to be some sort of a homeschooling motivation, heartwarming book, or something that's spiritually enriching. And I love to really mark up my books and take notes and add in post-it notes and that kind of thing. So I usually purchase my nonfiction books, and those are ones that I know that I'm hopefully going to reference or read again. I've become much more of a rereader when it comes to my nonfiction books. Every now and then I'll borrow something from the library and read it on my ebook. Um, and then as far as audiobooks go, those are typically nonfiction for me. I do not do well with fiction on audiobooks. There's something for me 
the ability to flip back and forth to orient myself in the story and then to figure out how people are related and connected to each other in the story. If I don't have the actual book in front of me, I've gotten better at learning how to do fiction on an ebook, but there's something for me that is really special with being able to flip through a physical book with fiction. And for faith, um, inspirational books for faith, spiritual life, I do those on audio as well. The shower and getting ready is a time that I get a lot of my audiobooks in. So the places where I find most of the books that I want to read is mostly through the What Should I Read Next podcast, Sarah McKenzie on Read Aloud Revival. Um, but my favorite place is through word of mouth from friends. And once I started sharing with different friends that I enjoy reading, it's just become a major topic of conversation with a lot of my friends. And that's added a lot of, um, it's just been a fun part of my friendships with some special women in my life. So that's been really cool. And it's been really helpful for me to figure out from that, what should I read next podcast and just experience figuring out what my reading style is to know if a book will work for me or not. So I know I'm a fairly sensitive reader. I do not enjoy reading about violence, something that's really graphic, or something that's really steamy with sex scenes and that kind of thing. I'm just not interested in reading about that. I would much rather read a book that has a lot of depth to it and is going to make me cry instead of something that maybe is a little bit superficial or wraps up a little too perfectly at the end. I love historical fiction. Um, it is definitely more of a struggle for me to approach a longer book right now. And that's mostly because it's, since I'm not reading much at bedtime with fiction, if it's a long fiction book, I, sometimes it'll be a week between times when I'm able to get back to a book. And so if that much time is elapsing and it's a long book, it feels like it's just kind of a slog. <laughs> so I choose times like a vacation or a holiday to do those books so that I can finish them in a shorter period of time and hopefully be able to keep track of what in the world is happening in a longer plot line. But um, the other piece that I wanted to talk about you had some questions. Well, it wasn't a question so much as a comment at the end. And I wanted to share um, some thoughts. You talked about, and this is back to listener Michelle, talking about the faith component and feeling the isolation of not having Catholic friends and much of a community in terms of people that you can talk to about those things. So I had some experience with this with when Philip and I moved to Lincoln, we are for very fortunate to live in a city where there are a lot of young families and a lot of Catholics, but there was not necessarily a lot built into my parish community in terms of things for young moms to get involved in. So my encouragement to you is to spend some time thinking about it, praying about it, but maybe this could be the Holy Spirit putting something on your heart 
that you could be the inviter or the includer to create something. And maybe it doesn't have to be something official or even parish wide. Um, but to not be afraid to be the inviter. Maybe there's a young mom that you see at mass that is frequently finding herself out in the narthex at the same time you are, or you sit by each other nearby, and maybe you could tap her on the shoulder next time you're at mass and speak with her afterward and suggest that you could meet up for coffee or invite them over to your home. And it could be the beginning of a friendship. Um, and just to not be afraid to find those opportunities. And I have found that it's very rare for someone to not be interested in being invited to something that people want to be included. People want to have friends and the early years of mothering, mothering can be really isolating. And so to not be afraid to reach out, I know it's sometimes it's really uncomfortable and, I think some people mistakenly think that I'm an extrovert, but I am, and with each year, I think I become more and more introverted, Um, (laughs) but that sometimes we have to create opportunities to have the good, holy friendships that God's wanting to put in our lives. So I'll be praying for that for you, and I'll be... um, just I'll keep brainstorming on this, but I think something else that's been helpful for me is accepting that not all women are going to be all things for me and that it's not going to be the perfect friendship with every person. And what I mean by that is one person might be a great person for me to talk about homeschooling with. Someone else might be really great to talk about books and reading life. And someone else might be such a great encouragement in mothering. And maybe someone else is a couple steps ahead of me in the mom life. Maybe there's someone who's more like a mom figure to you in the parish, and she wants to spend time with you and your little one and connect with you in that way. And how cool and great and beautiful it is that all of these different women that have come into my life fill all of these different needs, and not one of them does everything for me. And I think I mistakenly had this idea early on in adult with adult friendships thinking that I don't know maybe it was this Hollywood idea that people had to be my everything friends otherwise it wasn't they weren't my person isn't that silly <laughs> and it's not that way at all um so yeah Michelle I guess what I'm trying to say is I'll be praying that God can bring one wonderful woman into your life that you can connect with and see on a regular basis that you can share your heart with and feel that connection to. And maybe it's some, just one person that you can meet up with for coffee. And maybe over time you will be able to branch out some more. And as you continue to God willing, grow your family, you said in another message that you're wanting to have more children. And as your little one gets older, You said you have a 16, 17 month old. Um, It'll just be a natural way for you to reach out and meet other women. So yeah, Michelle, I'll be praying for that. But thank you so much for taking the time to give your feedback and share your message. I hope 
that this was an encouragement to you. Um, but reading, I think the biggest thing you can do for your little one is just to show him that you are a reader and that you value that. So maybe after lunch, you can have that quiet time and put out some of his board books. And as he gets older, bring him into your lap and do the picture books, but also do the reading just for you. And like you said, if you want him to know that you're reading, perhaps for a birthday, Christmas, anniversary, or all three, you can ask for an e-reader if you want him to know that you're reading. Otherwise, just borrow those physical books from the library and he'll know it. Just um, word to the wise, keep those library books up off out of hands that can rip them because ask me how I know how that works <laughs> or little hands that can spill coffee or things all over the library books. Yeah. The library got rid of late fees over here on children's accounts, but they still frown upon coffee getting spilled on library books. Ask me how I know. <laughs> um, but Michelle, thanks again for your feedback. And I hope I'll get to hear from you again soon. I wanted to share, I got a little more listener feedback. This is just, I feel like I won the lottery this week. I got a great message from Beth and I'm going to do my best to fast forward the part where she um, shared some questions about PT, but she just had some great feedback that I wanted to share on here. Okay, I really don't know how to use this very well, but I'm going to try now. My name is Beth Kellum and I am loving your um, podcast. I think I can safely say now that I have listened to all of your episodes, I probably should go back and listen to some of the old ones, um, but I just binge listened to all of the new ones that you've started since you're back up and running. And I just want to say thank you so much. I um, am not a homeschooler and I'm not Catholic, but I am Christian <laughs> and my sister is Catholic. And um, I am trying to grow as a mother, and this is actually the first year that all of my children are in school full-time. My youngest is in first grade this year. Last year, he did half-day kindergarten, and they go to a classical Christian school here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So anyway, um, I just wanted to send you a message and say thank you. Um, I really enjoyed listening to your one about physical therapy. The other thing I wanted to let you know is that I am loving the clipboard planner and I am using, I just printed it out today and I'm getting things done and it feels so good. So thank you for that. Okay. I'm sure I will send you more messages in the future, but, um, and this is a long one, but just wanted to let you know that I'm loving the podcast. Thank you so much. Beth had some questions about physical therapy that I'm going to share on a future episode. Lots of you had questions about physical therapy. So if you have not sent in those questions about physical therapy, you still have a couple weeks before I record that episode with my pelvic floor physical therapist. Um, but Beth, thank you so much for sending that Voxer that just made my week. And I am thrilled to hear that you are using the clipboard planner. I'll link to that in the show notes in case someone was wondering what you were talking about. I shared on a previous episode about a daily dashboard form that I'm using. Um, and I'm just so happy to hear that it's been helpful for you, Beth. And at the beginning, you said that you're not a homeschooler or Catholic and that you're Christian. Oh, my goodness. Welcome. <laughs> 
all are welcome here. I just hope sometimes I get really specific with the things that make up our lives. And um, so it's great to hear from someone who's doing things differently that somehow you're finding something here that's been helpful. And hopefully that physical therapy episode will be helpful as well. Um, But that's all that I have for today. I would love to hear from all of you listeners. Maybe you can share your voice on a future podcast like Melissa or Beth did. So if you're interested in sharing feedback, did I say Melissa? It was Michelle. Michelle and Beth shared their feedback today. Um, But I want to hear about you and your reading life. What does your reading life look like lately? What's keeping you reading? How are you staying motivated? Because we all have a lot of responsibilities, whether we're at home full time, we have a full time job or whatever. There's a lot that's keeping all of us busy. So please share your tips and tricks. And again, if you have any questions for my physical floor, the pelvic floor physical therapist, I would love to get your questions so that I can share them with my physical therapist when she comes on the podcast in a couple weeks. Um, So to get in touch, the best way to reach me, since I said that I deleted my social media on my phone and I only check it occasionally on my computer, if you're wanting to get a faster response, you can email me at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Or my favorite, my very favorite is to get a Voxer and you can come on the podcast just like Michelle and Beth did today. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes And I also wanted to share, I got some great feedback, another couple of positive reviews. If you're enjoying the podcast, if you could take the time to leave a rating and a review and maybe even just share it with a friend in person, that's my favorite way to grow the podcast. Because yes, if you leave a rating and a review, that's awesome. And it helps people to find it online. But I think we have slowly, steadily grown up this community and have people listening from all over the world, which is incredible to me because people just keep sharing it with their friends. And I just love that. So if you like the show, please share it with a friend. And I hope I'll get to hear from you soon. Until next time, I'll be praying for you. Please pray for me. Continue the conversation with the people in your life and share what you heard while you were folding.